Continuing our study of the being of God from the Bible, we now ask this question. What do we know about the omnipresence of God from the Bible? We have seen that God is a great personalized existence, having a self-sustained and uncaused life, which has prevailed in eternal ages past and will extend into the eternal unending future. This life is independent of any objects of creation. The question now arises, does the being of God pervade all space? From our natural observations, it was evident that since the operations of God are everywhere manifested, so must the presence of God be. We are now prepared to say that this concept is in accord with the revelations of the Bible. Although God is everywhere present, God is separate and distinct from the objects that he has made. He is not a part of these objects, although he pervades the whole mass of space. The word omnipresent has been brought into the discussion to describe this natural attribute of God. It is derived from two words, the one meaning all and the other meaning to be at hand. As we ascribe the word to God, we mean that in God's natural essence, the Godhead are everywhere present or pervades all space. This is a quality of being over which God does not exercise control. It is an essential phase of his very being. Just as it is our very nature to be localized or to be in only one place at a time, so the Godhead are everywhere present at the same time. We do not pretend to be able to understand this great mystery. If we did understand it in all its various extensiveness, God would not be God. If we as mere humans could fully comprehend the nature of God, then we would be God like God, or God would be mere man like us. Neither do we understand, for example, many of the mysteries about us. Our rooms are filled with radio waves waiting for a proper instrument to tune them in one by one. Now there are theories advanced as to how wave motion can traverse the earth, but who actually understands this great and profound mystery? How an instrument can tune in to a certain wavelength and hear a broadcast over thousands and thousands of miles, yea, halfway around the earth? The fact that God can be everywhere at once does not contradict our minds. It merely places the being of God in the realm of mystery, and this is certainly what we should expect as mere human beings. When we see how small we are and how great God is, this is certainly not unreasonable. As we view the great created works of God and see our utter smallness, certainly no one should object if we could not understand some of the things of the very essence 
of God's great being. But the Bible affirms this omnipresence of God. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verses 23 and 24, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. So God declared through the prophet that he filled the heaven and the earth. The psalmist likewise made a profound declaration as he considered the greatness of God. In the 139th Psalm and verses 7 to 10, it is believed that David wrote these words, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So here God, in his great being, pervades the whole universe, and it is impossible to escape. Solomon, in his great prayer of dedication at the preparation of the temple for the service of God, declared these words in the eighth chapter of First Kings and verses 22 to 24 and also verse 27. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands toward heaven, and he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart, who has kept with thy servant David my father, that thou promised him, thou spakest also with thy mouth, and has fulfilled it with thy hand, as it is this day. And in verse 27, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I have builded. So Solomon views by the revelation of God the great extensiveness of the being of God, and that the heaven of heavens, in addition to the immediate surroundings of the earth, the heaven cannot contain God in his great profound being. In the 57th chapter of Isaiah and verse 15, we have read this before in our studies. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So here God is pictured as dwelling in the high and lofty place of the heavens and also manifesting himself to mere human beings. The Apostle Paul, in his message to Athens, in the 17th chapter of Acts, gave a great declaration of God in verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, 
seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Here then the apostle declares that God is everywhere present and is not far from every one of us if we will only seek him, that we live and move in the sphere of his great presence and necessarily so, since he is everywhere manifested. This does not mean that God gives us the approval of his presence, nor that he approves of our lives, but he is everywhere manifested by virtue of his very being. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 is a very penetrating thought in this connection. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, for all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So nothing can be hid in any realm of our personality. It is perfectly useless to think that we can hide our sins from God. And so Paul declared in the second chapter of Romans, as a result of this great penetrating presence of God throughout the whole universe, all of us shall give an account to God if we have not been forgiven and pardoned through the death and sacrifice of Jesus Christ by the pathway of repentance. In Romans 2.16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So because of God's ever-existing presence in every sphere of the universe, he is well aware of all the sins of men, and his great mind records them and shall bring men into the day of judgment for their secret sins. So not only the sins that are manifest and open, but those which we think have been only secrets within our own beings. And so one day an atheist wrote in the presence of his little daughter, God is nowhere. And after a time, she changed this sentence, moving the W away from the H. And so she wrote, God is now here. And as the story goes, this little darling of his heart was used of God to awaken him to the consciousness of God and led to his conversion. So we are faced by a great and profound truth in the Bible, which is just what we would expect, that the great God not only is eternal, but he is omnipresent, or he is present in every sphere of our existence and of the existence of the great universe. He is the one, therefore, with whom we must have to do. In our next study together, we will go on into certain passages that describe further 
the being of the Godhead and the situation that exists in each of the members. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how grateful we are for this added revelation of thy great being and how comforting it is if we are desirous of repenting of our sins and being right with thee, being truly reconciled to thee as to a great and good God. How comforting it is that thou art willing to forgive us knowing our sins and our secret things as thou dost. And yet this is the promise of thy word, that if we call upon thee, thou wilt hear us. And so may many repent of sin, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, exercise faith, be forgiven and transformed in their lives to go on and serve such a great and glorious God as thou hast revealed thyself to be. In our Savior's name, amen.